I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. Lots coming up this hour. News out of New York and the Jets and what they will continue to not do, uh, much to the dismay of everybody watching Jets football this season. But, uh, Dad, did you raise your hand because you had something to say? Did. did you raise your hand because yeah. you're still eating right now because you have my mom delivering you food during the body of every show at this point here? Yep. Got a couple of pancakes on the way. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> uh, when I went in the house just to grab something really quick, I grabbed chocolate-covered peanuts with the over-the-chocolate is peppermint. Which do you like more? The Christmas peppermint-flavored things or... The Halloween November-ish pumpkin-flavored things. Um, I would say I always generally tend to skew mint, like mint chocolate chips, one of my favorite ice cream flavors, which I know is controversial mm-hmm. for a lot of people somehow. But I'm the holiday you, peppermint is a real nice change of pace. What about you? It's a tough one because I love them both. I mean, I love a pumpkin pie. I love the pumpkin-flavored coffee. I love pumpkin-flavored things. It's a tough one, but, you know, I haven't had the peppermint yet this season, and I will say we do have now some peppermint things in the house. 
We have our Christmas tree up, by the way. And for those that there think it shouldn't happen right now, y'all can stick it. Don't care. Makes us happy. That's all that matters. There is something to the peppermint flavor. There is something to a little peppermint in the coffee or, or uh, just having one of these with the peppermint flavor. So overall, I'd probably lean toward peppermint, but it's close. It's one and one A. You know what? I think I'm going to go with pumpkin, actually, just because it's a little more subtle. I like peppermint a lot, but it becomes the whole personality of whatever yeah. it's in. True. That's true. So that's my biggest worry there with like a milkshake or something like that. And I get it for pumpkin spice lattes. There's a million things where pumpkin between the branding and the flavor can sometimes overwhelm. But I think it's capable of being a little bit more subtle than something like peppermint is overall. By the way, we can just throw in the old mint in the springtime, too, when you get like the shamrock shake back at McDonald's. That, I think, is the real sweet spot. When you get the mint chocolate that pops up in the springtime around those holidays, that might be the one that I would put above all else. It's a it, that's a great call. But as far as peppermint and pumpkin, you're right. And I guess, it, like anything else, it comes down to personal taste. Peppermint overwhelms or can pumpkin is more subtle. So that is very true. So so why not do what we should do? Both. Boom. Man, a peppermint pumpkin together would sound like a nightmarish combination. Actually, yeah. or would it? Yeah, yeah. I, I listen. We would try it. I would. I would yes, definitely I'd try, try anything. Yeah, I would like it in maybe a pie form, and where I could throw some some whipped cream over the top of it and really, really test it there. Really, 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 just drink in all of the processed sugars in that. Um, for best holiday flavor superlative is going to have to wait for another day. That might sound like a list that we have to do as we get closer and yes. closer to the Christmas season here that we're in right now. But it is Tuesday on this show, which means it's time for Week Ten NFL superlatives that we've got coming out of the performances this last weekend. And Dad, let's start with this. The grass is always greener. The person who looked the happiest with their new team, we've had Kevin Byard, friend of the program, who was out with the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a couple of weeks ago. They were on by this past weekend. Josh Dobbs, Cardinals to Vikings, bearing immediate fruit. Or, and Dad, this would probably be my pick, just because we had the visuals. How freaking happy did Chase Young look on the sideline with his old running mate from Ohio State and Nick Bosa? And I loved when they showed the pictures of them uh, together at Ohio State. He looked happy. But, you know, I'm going to go with Josh Dobbs, and I'll give you the reason. Chase Young came from Washington. They had a pretty good D-line, right? I mean, they had, a, they had some number one picks there, and, and I liked their D-line. Kevin Byard came from Tennessee, where Vrabel always has a good defense, always has a good, tough defense. So it's not like... I think they went to better defenses, but not like, wow, huge difference defenses. The biggest thing I think for them is they went from teams that weren't going to be in the playoffs to teams that could make a run at the Super Bowl. For Josh Dobbs, and you've said this, he went from weapons in Arizona to like, oh, wait a minute. These are the toys I get in Minnesota? And again, they may not even make the playoffs, but still, we're talking about individuals for change of what he had to deal with in Arizona, what he has, and he still has Justin Jefferson to look forward to once he comes back. So I think from from that way of looking at it, I'm going to go with Josh, Josh Dobbs on just the difference of personnel he had in Arizona to throw to and to work with on the offense to the difference he has in Minnesota. 
it's a great call, and I think for both of them, especially for Dobbs and for Chase Young, going from the organizational quality that you had. What have we heard yeah. since going back to last year, Dad, when that NFLPA survey came out? What a tire fire it seems like right. in Arizona. We've seen <laughs> articles about the Bidwell family and what other people are claiming has gone on there as far as workplace practices. And then for Chase Young, I mean, I understand it's new ownership now with the Washington Commanders, but right. he's lived life under the Dan Snyder regime there for a long time. And we've seen how the fish rots when the head is that particular shade of ugly. And so now to get out to San Francisco, that's been one of the places that has been this bastion of security where the organization is so stable, where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan seem like these pillars to build around there. And you go into a D-line room, but yeah, you had talent on that defense. There's no doubt, Dad, but... This D-line room in the 49ers has always felt, oh. and maybe this is just because me wrongfully giving the outcomes to them in this, because you're right. The D-line for the Washington Commanders was chock full of guys that were first-round draft yeah. picks, just like this D-line is in San Francisco. But I think sometimes, Dad, you know, a change of a change of scenery can do wonders for a guy, and it just looked like a guy half a sack in this game. Oh, yeah. You know, they got him out there in a bunch of pass rush situations. And you saw pushing the pocket, being able to collapse it, the the back end helped them a lot, but I thought that 49ers defensive front already looked like they got a little bit of an added boost from having Chase Young around there, too. Oh, uh, listen, pl having played on a D-line in Philadelphia that had great players, like especially with a Bosa that you have in San Fran, we had multiple great players on that D-line in Philly. What still made a lot of it was the fact that you could rotate in and depth. And you know that as a former old lineman, you got to stand there and play all 70, 75 plays and you're watching six, seven D-linemen rotate in and fresh legs on you, how detrimental that can be, especially when it's talent even in the, in the, in the depth part of it. So that, that's what was huge for San Fran a few years ago back when they had DeForest Buckner, and they still certainly have some of that depth now, but they had the most back then, and they're kind of recreating that now. Yep, completely agree. So that kind of depth associated what we've seen, and, and for him – I think the differentiator for me was 49ers got a real chance to win the Super Bowl this year. I think the Vikings have yes. a chance to be a frisky playoff team, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. Kevin Byard, obviously, in that class as well, but uh, I just think for him, a uh, little bit below the standard that these other two have in terms of who'd be happiest with this move. Dad, let's go to the pack-it-in squad for the week. The bubble team that should probably just call it quits based on what we've seen. Few teams in this range that qualify. The Chargers, obviously, in a weird no-man's land where we've been talking more about firing their coach than necessarily what's going on the field. The Titans at 3-6, and six, the Packers at 3-6, and six, the Commanders, Falcons, and Rams. Who of that group sticks out to you as the, hey, you know what, you'd probably be better off losing most of the rest of these games? This one was easy for me. It's Washington, and I look at the divisions because of it. Okay, we just talked in the and really the conference as well. We talked about it early on uh, in the AFC with Buffalo. Buffalo now has five losses there. There's three wild cards right now. You have outside of the division winners, two, three loss teams, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, one four loss team and then a bunch of five loss teams. So the five loss teams are still in it. Now, whether we think they're going to make it or not, it's a different story. To me, though, they still have a chance if they get hot. Saints and Falcons, I throw out because that division was won by a losing record last year in Tampa Bay. So they both, even at 5-5 five and 4-6, five and four and six, have a chance to win the division, which gets you in the playoffs. It's Washington. You're dealing right now in a division where Philly is 8-1, and one, the Cowboys are 6-3, and, and you have six losses. You're done 
as far as I'm concerned. You're you're not jumping back into the fray here. I don't think even in the wild card. So for me, it's Washington. Washington's interesting because do you think Sam Howell's the quarterback there next year? It's been so all over the place where the production, we know in terms of yardage, isn't he leading the NFL right now in terms of passing yards? But we also know there's been turnovers. We know he's been sacked a ton. And while some of that goes to the Washington offensive line, it's also a product of quarterback that's playing like this is still the ACC at times and trying to bumper car his way through things. Do you think he's the guy next year? Because that to me is kind of how I looked at the lens of this question. And the Falcons were the team that was most interesting to me because it's become very clear. The quarterback of their future is not on the roster. Desmond Ritter got benched for Trevor Taylor Heineke. And then now that Taylor Heineke's banged up, You've seen Arthur Smith really non-committal on who's going to be under center, and I think that's indicative of they know they got to go out and get somebody else. They tried to bargain bin this thing, and it did not work in the middle of that offense. Arthur Smith's decisions in other places that offense, see Bijan Robinson, have been under scrutiny in the last few weeks, and so he's going to start to feel the heat. And the easiest get-out-of-jail-free card for that is, hey, go and find a way to get a new quarterback in that building. I don't know where it's going to be based on where they're picking, but I know winning more games for the Falcons this year even if it makes you a playoff team which I know is the goal and I know the players want does nothing for you long term because again that is not a team capable of winning multiple games or winning a game I think in the postseason based on how they're constructed currently and I agree that their future quarterback is not on the team that's an interesting question for Washington you're right Sam Howell is leading in yardage he's also thrown the ball the most uh next closest 47 fewer throws is Josh Allen Um, He has completed over 66% of his passes, has nine touchdowns. He's second or third, I should say, uh, to Josh Allen and to Mac Jones as far as interceptions are concerned. Has 17 touchdowns, and he's been sacked 47 times, and that's a combination. We know it's never just the old line. It's a young quarterback holding on to the ball too long at times as well. That's an interesting question. If you're a Washington commander fan or management or anything, are you saying – we can win the Super Bowl with Sam Howell as our quarterback. I don't know the answer to that because you figure he's going to get better. It's his first year starting the entire year. You figure he can get better. you gotta help. You got to improve that offensive line in front of him for sure because he's getting the, the heck smacked out of him uh, in the backfield. That, while I think for sure they go for a new quarterback in Atlanta – I don't know in Washington. I mean, maybe maybe they get somebody else and they have a competition for it. But, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, this is just looking at stats and everything is in stats that Sam Howell doesn't deserve a really good look for what he's doing this year. Yeah, and I think you're always as faithful as your options at this point. I don't know what Washington's options are going to be like. I think this draft class that we've talked about for quarterbacks coming out doesn't have as much depth as we previously thought in terms of guys that I'm confident being high-end NFL starters. And then the free agent market for quarterbacks this year. I don't know what that would look like, you know, especially now. God, the scenario I wanted so badly this offseason was if Kirk Cousins had stayed healthy. Yeah. Things had gone well there. And Minnesota was still not going to commit to him long term because they've ridden this long enough and they want to get off and try something new is that Washington would open at the close and just bring Kirk Cousins on home to play inside this Eric Bieniemy offense and make everybody here cackle. It's not going to happen now. It probably wasn't going to happen then. But I, I think Sam Howell's got a pretty good shot of being the guy again going into next year just because I, I don't really know what else is out there. That was going to require a bigger look. So, Dad, let's uh, – 
put that question to the side and get to the next uh, superlative here. It's right on time. Questionable quarterbacks. Whose Week 10 performance made you second-guess their future the most from the quarterback position, Dad, this weekend? I, obviously, I think the low-hanging fruit on this would be Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. Like, Mac Jones is done in New England. That is over. That is cooked. We don't even know if he's going to be the quarterback this week based on what we've heard from Belichick publicly. So that's probably the easiest one. I feel like the one that I've seen people start to kind of raise an eyebrow at is Trevor Lawrence is yes. what that future starts to look like as we get to a season where he's the most talented quarterback prospect of the last I don't know however many years I've seen the discussion pop up about if it was just off the strength of who they were as college players and you had a guy like Trevor Lawrence up against Caleb Williams and Drake May in this current class it would be Trevor Lawrence going number one overall period in my mind because of the combination of production and physical ability but we haven't seen it yet consistently translate on the high end in the nfl and dad i know this is coming after the coaching change early in his career but i think people are still kind of looking and waiting for more so you know i'm basing on the question that's asked whose week 10 performance made you second guess their future the most mac jones and zach wilson i never question their future it's, it's not their future is not the starters or where they are. So that nothing changed there for me. And Will Levis, Will Levis is a rookie. Will Levis came down to earth and we all knew he was going to come down to earth. So that one didn't make me second guess anything. It is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence uh, it did not play, you know, 17 to 29, two interceptions, no touchdown, albeit against a very good defense. But still, this is a playoff team. You're a playoff team. You gotta, you're going to play, have to play well against good defenses. He's got nine touchdowns and six interceptions in, in this year. So to me, it's where what they did in the playoffs last year, we thought, okay, they're ready to elevate and take the next step. Now they're getting kind of hounded by the Texans with a new coach and a rookie quarterback in their division, and they just don't look as impressive as they have at times. So based off how this question is laid out, I would say Trevor Lawrence. You know what? Trevor's probably in that conversation, but I'm going to change my answer. Derek Carr. Like between the injury and just the performance mm. so far this season, that has really not turned out the way they thought. You look at the season so far for him, completing about 65% of his passes, which is middle of the road. But outside of his rookie year, this is the lowest yards per completion average he's had in his NFL career. Ten touchdowns against four interceptions. And I said the other week, and I stand by, the New Orleans Saints are trying to run the Drew Brees offense with a quarterback that is not Drew Brees at this point. They've had weapons going in and out of the lineup. You know, Michael Thomas banged up again this weekend. A.T. Perry coming on a little bit, but like anything else, football's too complicated for it to be any one person's fault, but I thought this was going to look a lot better with Derek Carr yeah. in the uh, New Orleans Saints building going forward, and now I wonder if you can really continue with him as your quarterback beyond this season. Um, Dad... Let's go from quarterbacks to coaches, the other player, the spot that gets the most credit. Which coach gets the most credit for their team's success to this point in the season so far in your mind? We should call this, by the way, the Mike Tomlin Coaching Credit Award because I don't feel like there's a bigger poster for it right now well, than the Steelers head football coach. You sit there and look at now, again, we can pick anybody, but we just threw down like three choices, but you can go anywhere. Mike Tomlin, which is a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's Dan Campbell, which is like a two-year award. And then it's Antonio Pierce, which is a two-game award, right? 
And I'll lean toward Antonio Pierce because it's the third time I've done a, a, a Raiders game. I've seen them earlier and how bad they were and how bad they looked. And now I've seen them in the second game of Antonio Pierce and talked to some of the players and just the difference in attitude and emotion. Now, how far that will take them, let's see. Because now they, they, they beat the Giants and the Jets. Now, the Jets had a good d- d- defense, so that was a nice win for them. But now they have Miami and then Kansas City. So this will be more of a real test. But in the immediate, Mike, I'm going to give Antonio Pierce a ton of credit for, I mean, just 180-ing this team on their want to, their emotion, their their joy is a wrong word, their their quicker step coming into the facility and preparing because they're they're excited again and that's because of Antonio Pierce so I give him a lot of credit for that how long it will last we'll wait and see I think joy is the right word and I think it's similar as we're going to name this the Mike Tomlin coaching credit award because again nobody has clearly uh, been able to exercise this idea better than Mike Tomlin who's MacGyvered his way through the post Ben Roethlisberger portion of his coaching career but I think with Antonio Pierce it's similar in the idea like what have we seen very consistent messaging from him publicly talking about this team since he took over he's got a very clear idea of how he wants to present this team I'm sure the messaging he's sending to that team daily mimics that right now We'll see in the long term, can you cultivate the kind of individual relationships? Can you find that way to motivate once it's against better competition? And obviously, you'll be judged much more if he gets to keep this job on what they do when they get this roster in a better place. But for all intents and purposes, the only other one I'd offer up there, Dan, and it's because we haven't said anything nice about them in a while, Mike McDaniel does still deserve. He's gotten a ton of credit. It's not like we've been withholding it, but I feel like we haven't said their name in a while because the offense has struggled somewhat. Mike McDaniel has still, in a very short order, come in there, put his imprints all over that team in a pretty adverse situation, and come out on the other side and made their quarterback instantly better and made them contenders, and nobody even blinks twice about it. I agree, and he's a, everybody, you should Google him to find out his story. It is an incredible story of how he got to where he is today, uh, though his team just needs to beat a good team. <laughs> they do, but coming up next, we'll get to one of the teams they've beaten and the decisions that lay in front of them at the quarterback position next. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So as my father shovels mini pancakes here on the set. um, Yes. Dad, it feels like you're in white-collar jail doing the show most mornings there. You're out in a separate spot from my mom and the rest of the house. She comes and puts your food by the door for you to eat out here. It does seem like you're in a little bit of, like, your own bubble. 
your mother's wonderful, as you well know, Mike. I mean, just bringing in the food like that. And yes, it's a wonderful setup here. The dogs come and visit. I'll see them. Their little noses up against the glass wanting to come in and say hi to dad. So I'll let them in in the breaks and we'll hang out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's a nice setup. It's a very nice setup. And I'm in Arizona. So the weather is really nice as it's starting to turn cold and wintry in some places. Not here, my friend. Not here. I have zero complaints. No, life is good out there. Life is less good back on the East Coast right now, where in addition to being cold, you've also got to worry about this. In recent years, it took me a long time, longer than I'd care to admit, to understand what the term gaslighting meant. Um, But now, after years of having therapy words make their way into TikTok and other apps, I figured this out, and I feel like that's what's going on with Robert Sala and this Zach Wilson situation, where we've gotten to the point where Robert Sala is trying to gaslight us through the media, talking about his quarterback, because here he was yesterday, not only saying that Zach Wilson will remain the starter for this team in New York, but that he's actually doing okay. Zach is actually playing pretty good. You know, he's not, uh, he's, he's much better than he was a year ago. Um, he is year one in a new system, a system that was, again, like I said, built for, 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 our, for, for one, for, for Aaron, let's be real. And now we're trying to make a, a shift to get it to where everyone's comfortable with where we are. Rob Sala probably needs to be less honest with the media. And I know that's like a bad thing to say because we like it when coaches are giving of answers and honest with the media. But it seems like the spots where, especially in New York, they've gotten in trouble or where he's been honest because I believe him, Dad, when he says Zach Wilson is probably better than he was last year. And I believe him when he says this offense was built for Aaron Rodgers. But at this juncture in the season, none of that really matters. And better than Zach Wilson last Last year, this isn't Matthew McConaughey's Oscar speech where he says, my hero is me 10 years from now. Zach Wilson needed to be a lot better than this period to justify the one next to his name, and he hasn't. And the fact that the Jets are still holding on to him as their starter and not doing anything. I understand this isn't this is past the trade deadline, and he can't do anything materially. Right. But, right. Dad, I, I, I don't know what more a Jets fan could do in this situation because it seems maddening. Listen, the most uh, honest Robert Sala was, we all think, was when he was on with Michael Kay in New York and really didn't have an answer to why Zach Wilson was the starter, right? He kind of hemmed and hawed on that, and I was like, boy, that was probably the most honest we've seen because and what he's doing, listen, he's not alone. You back your guy and, and try and keep his confidence level up by, by saying good things about him when you know – uh, the ship isn't going very well. And I did this last game, you know, uh, where they lost to the Raiders. And this offense just isn't doing anything. You know, by stats, you look at the last four games, of which they're 2-2, two and two, by the way. You know, he, he, in only one of those games, in only one of those games, did he throw um, over 60%, have a completion percentage of over 60%, right? I mean, in, in just the one and he's, he's had, in the, that time, one touchdown and one interception. For the most part, he's not putting the ball in the end zone, but he's not really turning it over for the season. You know, he has five touchdowns and six interceptions. And we've talked about the O-line. I talked about it during the game. It was their sixth O-line uh, combination. You know this better than anybody, Mike, when you start doing that, how you can give up pressure. But I thought their line actually blocked pretty well against the Raiders and Max Crosby in this game. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, all out hell on Zach Wilson in this one. So 
I, I think Salah is saying what he has to because you don't have him. You're going to Trevor Simeon. Is that is that going to do anything? We keep saying they didn't do anything when they could have done something. So at this point, I think it's just building confidence as best you can. I was going to say, I, I guess I don't know what to do with the Jets at this point because you're probably right. Like The most level-headed read of this is you've got a below-average quarterback playing quarterback for you. He was your team's draft pick, and you spent a number two overall pick on him, and then you went out to try and replace him. So we know exactly what the Jets think of Zach Wilson. We are all disappointed that, especially with the backdrop of what Minnesota's done with Josh Dobbs, that they couldn't at least do that. Like, if the Jets had Josh Dobbs, Dad, they're a playoff team, right? Like, I think we feel pretty comfortable in saying that, that if you had made that exact trade where the Arizona Cardinals were clearly ready to deal this guy and you're not even in the same side of football, that you could have made that happen. And had you done that on a loner for right now, because Josh Dobbs, Dad, would have been the perfect middle ground quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. I get you weren't going to when we were trying to have all these advanced theories about, well, would they go after a guy like Kirk Cousins when he was healthy? That was never going to fly with Aaron because that could potentially be longer than that. Josh Dobbs is a hired gun. And so if you had brought him in to hold over until Aaron got back, whenever that was, if it's truly December, like Aaron says or not, it would have been the perfect fit for this, for a team that we thought had much more to play for than the Minnesota Vikings at that time. That may not be true anymore. And so now that we're on the other side of that disappointment, Dad, because I think this is where it all stems from, do we just have to watch the Jets being a frustratingly slightly below average team with a great defense that gets wasted and because they're in New York they're going to get outsized coverage of that and we're going to have to try and spin the tires on this every week it's starting to feel what this is like because nothing's going to materially change for them no I don't think anything's going to change for them no I, I don't think so even though we talked about their offensive firepower. Dalvin Cook actually got a few more carries in this Raider game and looked pretty good you have Brees Hall had a one big Uh, catch and run in this game you have Garrett Wilson who we like a lot as well so we see the offensive weapons the old line as we have mentioned has gone through a number of changes the musical chairs there has been incredible starting basically I think in week three Uh, so yeah I I don't see much changing you look on the horizon they have the Bills who are having their own set of problems then they have Miami who we know struggles against good teams but Jets aren't really that good team but they have a really good defense um, so we'll see what goes on there. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think that's what we're in for. I think we're in for mediocrity out of them in a season. And that's the tough part because there were such high expectations, right? Beginning of the season, it was we're going to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. We got some help, you know, on the offensive side. We have a great defense. Now we have the final piece and Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. And that was taken away from you four plays in. So, you all of a sudden are scrambling and dealing with that on what do you do at the backup position when you still have a great defense out there and they stood pat. They stood pat. And we'll we'll look back on that and we'll all think that was a mistake. It was a decision they made. And, And I get once you made it, you're living with it, right? I get coming out and backing Zach Wilson. It, it's not going to do you any good to pull the, well, I don't know who our starter is. I don't know what's going on anymore because, I mean, Trevor Simeon is, is not going to be the answer either. So I, I think you have to, at this point, just keep backing your guy as much as you know it's just kind of talk and not reality at this point. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to try and afford Rob Solid Grace going forward because I don't know how much of that decision was in his hands in terms of who right. they were or weren't going to go out and get there. And now you're right. Like, you're just stuck with the hand that you've got here. The interesting thing is going to be now, uh, you know, I always love uh, the term, like, and I call it an anxiety bowl. Jets Bills feels like an anxiety bowl coming up this week based on that Bills loss last night of. If it goes bad, and with this Jets defense, it could absolutely go real, real bad for this Buffalo offense that's in a tailspin right now. You wonder if that starts to prompt some material change in Buffalo in terms of the staff like we talked about with Ken Dorsey before. And by the way, they beat Buffalo already. Now they play him again, and they still have Miami twice. So while we don't expect them to be players in the playoffs... Who knows? I mean, who knows the way Buffalo's playing right now and the Jets' defense against the Miami offense we still get to see twice could make it pretty interesting, I think. I'm – they – God, it's – the NFL's so weird this year because of all the quarterback injury, you end up with a bunch of really bad teams, like overall bad football teams, that have one good redeeming thing about them that given the right matchup, and this is a league that's so much more matchup-based than its college football counterpart, that in any given week you could have something wild happen like that. Where you're right, as you say it out loud, Dad, with the Jets' particular defensive line going up against a Dolphins team, if injuries continue to affect them up front and they're hopefully getting healthier in that spot, yeah, you could see them being a little bit of a fly in the ointment on some of these places it's a fascinatingly frustrating place to be for the new york jets who are going to continue to get talked about publicly for everything they do because yet again they're the new york jets the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Go John Golick, Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr. Dad, we've talked a lot of football today, so want to come up for air a little bit because technically there are other sports happening right now, even though we don't treat it like that until we get December 25th. Maybe the NCAA or the NBA's midseason tournament will change that. Maybe not. We will see. But what usually does <laughs> Maybe change if the that players is money buy into it a little bit. <laughs> I, my, my favorite thing, and, and God bless 
the sideline reporters that are just doing their job, that are asking about this. I saw a game this past week, and I forget who was even playing, but Cassidy Hubbard was on the sideline and asked the player involved. I know it was the it was the Boston Celtics, and she asked Jason Tatum after the game about, hey, you know, uh, you know, you guys, uh, extra motivation, trying to be one of those teams that makes the semifinals out in Vegas and gets closer to that point. And he just could not have cared less. Like every time one of these guys gets asked about the play-in tournament, that split second is the first time they're remembering that this was a play-in in-season tournament game. I don't even know what to call it. You didn't brand it with a good enough name, by the way. That's my other biggest gripe with this, Dad, is I haven't seen, is it sold? Like did they sell the in-season tournament to somebody here? Because I discovered for the first time yesterday, did you know that they were selling rivalry games now in college football? No, I did not. I saw your tweet about that. I had no idea that they were doing that. And and as far as this in-season tournament, you know, a lot of times you're not sure if year one, if it's going to click, but you think over time it's going to. I think the only thing here right now is it's going to be accepted. It has to be accepted. It's going to happen. I, I still am failing to see what good it's doing. I, I, I still don't fully understand it. As I'm an NBA fan, you know, but not not a diehard NBA fan, but I'm an NBA fan outside of maybe that. Because remember, these games all count in the standings, save for, I believe, the, the uh, semis and, and the finals. And then kind of like the fourth quarter of the, the old way they ran the Pro Bowl, where nobody really gave a damn about the game until the fourth quarter if it was close because you knew you got double the game winning the game winning money than the losing team did and you could you know justify bringing your family and other teammates over in the bar tab and everything because you got the higher amount that maybe the team will care the two teams will care in the championship game because the winners get half a mil each i think half a mil each but other than that i I don't know what the what the draw is they're trying to get people to care about the nba's regular season because they want to be able to justify it when they go to the i'm just telling you i don't know if it's going to work but i'm telling you that's the goal here is they're trying to get more people including the players interested in the regular season it's why they went with the players and hammered home all these rules about you got to play x amount of games to be eligible for these postseason awards is because they want and need these guys to do this because if they're going to keep asking for tons of money when it comes to negotiating rights deals in the future they've got to have a product that night in and night out especially for the primetime games is something that people actually want to watch you have your own people your own players it's one thing if they asked the players and they said oh i don't like it you know or they actually had an opinion about it just like again in the nfl the way the pro bowl has changed players will say i like it i don't like it there's an opinion Mike, the, the league has, in my opinion, has to cringe anytime a player is asked because they don't know about it. They don't even understand right. when one of their games is happening. And, and that's from the people that are involved in it. So I can't imagine that that has to be going over well. And I would imagine the league is sending out memos to the teams about, you know, at least acknowledging the tournament. How bad is it when the league does all this to implement something and players have no idea outside of, oh yeah, there's a trophy next to this game in the schedule, so that means something. I said they should have put a dollar sign there, knowing that if you win this thing, you get half a mil. That would make the players remember something, not a trophy. 
Yeah, it seems like from an execution standpoint, it's been incredibly half-handled ha- half by the uh, NBA at this point because I understand, like I said, the intention. I get where they're trying to go, and maybe we'll get to the semifinals and finals in Vegas and it'll all crystallize because now we won't just have weird off-brand courts and different jerseys to signal to us that we're playing an in-season NBA tournament game. But in the meantime, it does seem like that they failed in the messaging with their constituency. And for Adam Silver and company, that's got to be maddening because this has been his baby in particular for a while and when the boss wants something to work usually there's a lot of time and resources spent on making things work for the boss so by the way one of the ways to do that better name like i again i go back to i had no (laughs) idea we were selling rivalry games now in college the boeing apple cup going on in a couple weeks they announced washington athletics did that the game was sold out and i saw that dad and apparently like notre dame sold the uh jeweled shillelagh game with usc uh that one's also got a sponsorship i think direct tv was on that so we're in a day and age where college football yep. the most lawless land that exists nobody's <laughs> running college football there is nobody in charge of this behemoth that has succeeded because the game in the middle of it is so violent and chaotic and we got kids watching christmas movies at halftime it has succeeded overwhelmingly in spite of itself and even they looked up and went huh cool thing let's just sell that and make sure that people yeah. know exactly what it is brand rivalry games goofy trophies maybe that's what the nba needs goofy trophies look at what college football has done and get a trophy that's a rack of ribs for when memphis plays somebody and start branding it like that to create this added little bit of something there because so far the branding around this in-season tournament outside of the courts just hasn't worked uh, I guess it would start by knowing there's an actual trophy before you even can name it a goofy trophy. And at this point, a lot of players don't even understand when they're playing in a tournament game or the trophy involved. <laughs> You know what? And you know what? Honestly, that's the other thing, too. One of the best leadership tactics that we see from anybody, and we see this when coaches take over all the time, give players ownership over this. You needed more player collaboration. Let them design the courts. Let them figure out what they want the prize to be. Let the players vote on where they wanted the Final Four and the championship to be. All this stuff where even if you're going to end up making the decision right away, I'm just spitballing here trying to do the work for the league office. Dad, let's give credit to the man that we actually wanted to talk about in this segment before we got sidetracked here as uh, Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone has agreed to a contract extension according to Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN. We don't have figures on this, Dad, but it says that it is going to make him one of the NBA's highest paid coaches, a source told ESPN. Dad, you've got a list of the highest paid coaches in the NBA. What are we in range for here? So Greg Popovich is at the top at 16 mil a year, and then Monty Williams signed that deal with Detroit, got him a little over 13 mil a year. Yeah, I mean, good for Monty. Notre Dameer, yes. Uh, then you have uh, Steve Kerr making nine and a half mil, Spolstra in Miami making eight and a half mil, and Rick Carlisle with Indiana making seven point two. So I gotta imagine it's in the range of the upper three, right? The sixteen, the thirteen, and the nine. Maybe you know, go in the middle there. So he'd probably maybe be second or third. I don't think he's going to be passing Popovich anytime soon. Certainly deserves it as they sit there with the tied for the best record in the West at 8-2. and two. So uh, congrats to him getting the bag. We, we've been talking about the guy that got the bag we talk about the most now had been Craig Council uh, going from Milwaukee now to the Cubs making uh, $8 million a year. So Malone is going to, I'm sure, be making uh, well over that. So congrats to him. Quick side note on them because they're they're tied like i said leading the west how about this what was the big storyline before we started in, in the nba season it was james harden right 
James Harden, I'm never playing in Philadelphia, goes to camp, goes, leaves for 10 days, blah, the whole thing that went on there. And then he finally goes off that team, goes exactly where he wants to go to the Clippers. I know it's early in the season. I get it. But the team he left and didn't want to be part of, Philadelphia, 8-1, the best record in the East. And where Harden wanted to go, the Clippers, to play with all his his 30-something buddies, they're sitting there with the fourth worst record in the West at three and six. Again, very early. I understand that. But I I think there's a lot of people just at this point still kind of smirking at that. Okay, James, you you basically cry and whine your way to whatever teams you want. It hasn't worked anywhere. And hey, great start out in L.A. as well. Well, and you've got it as the perfect backdrop because James Harden just couldn't help himself where he had the quote going into the Clippers where he said, I'm not a system player. I yeah. am the system. When you say yeah. something like that, yeah. no matter what the sample size is and things go <laughs> wrong, guess yeah. who we're going to point to? The system. So that honestly, that should be James Harden's nickname. Like I, I know he's been the beard for a long time. We need right, to add right. the system to his basketball <laughs> reference page. Basketball reference always has this long list of nicknames that no player's ever actually gone by here. I don't know if it's basketball reference or just Wikipedia. We need to make sure James Harden <laughs> is aptly described as the system from now on. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. here. Going to take you through this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out here live, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and Samsung TV+. Plus. If you miss us there, can't watch us live, you can cheat everything, including our great guests like the SEC Network's own Peter Burns, who joined us to talk some college football today. You can get that wherever you get your podcast or right here on YouTube immediately after the show is done airing at 10 a.m. Eastern. We will get to... In a year full of throwback jerseys that have prompted a lot of controversial takes, one of the most controversial that we could find. After a quick word from our friends at Wrangler, because guys, jeans, shirts, and jackets that are made for the ride of life are what you get with Wrangler. Be ready for the cooler days and longer nights and styles that are going to keep you warm and keep you comfortable moving and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere, at work, out at night, playing a pickup game, or with friends at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable and there's a wrangler shirt for every occasion they got casualties snaps and button-ups or you can layer them together for a little bit of both and of course don't forget the iconic wrangler jackets when the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out wrangler will keep you ready for anything so add some wrangler to your get up with jean shirts and jackets that look great fit great and move great so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you and you can save 15 percent on your first wrangler.com order when you use promo code gojo 15 wrangler for the ride of life and dad the ride of life takes us back to our move to connecticut we moved to connecticut in 1998 when you were getting ready to start working up full-time at the worldwide leader at espn and right about that time before we got there there had been a big exodus from the state the hartford whalers famed hockey team had left new england at that point for the greener pastures and become the carolina hurricanes and so now dad we get the announcement yesterday from the hurricanes that in their february 10th matchup against the devils they're going to be wearing the hartford whalers throwback so we've seen this happen dad 
with the Houston te- uh, the Tennessee Titans wearing right. the Houston Oilers throwbacks that a lot of people looked at. So how do you view this as some of the silkiest uniforms of all time, some of the best colors and logos ever? I'm glad to see them back on the ice, even if it pains me for some of my Connecticut brethren. No, no, I, I think it's very cool. And I know there are a lot of people like, wait a minute, why are the Titans wearing the Oilers when there's a team in Houston still in the Texans and don't understand that the team, you know, how, how that all worked. Here, this Carolina was Hartford. So I think it's very, very cool. The part that gets, that we kind of chuckle at is how Hartford so badly, you know, oh. wants a hockey team back and how badly they keep talking about the Whalers. Of course, if you had shown more interest when they were there, they wouldn't have left. Uh, in the first place, so that got worked out for them, and they still believe they're they're going to petition. Remember, this Hartford was the same place that petitioned for the Patriots when they thought they were going to move, right? Which I, I'm yeah, sorry, listen, we lived there for a lot play. of your life. We we lived there, you know, we were there a couple of decades. Gang, it's just not going to happen. You are not getting a professional team. You are never getting the Patriots. They were just using you. And you're not getting an NHL team back uh, in Connecticut. It's just not going to happen. So you can wish it all you want. You can every now and then you see somewhere in Hartford they're selling the Whalers stuff, which is cool. That's fine. It's a cool uniform, and I'm, I'm cool with Carolina doing that. But it's just not going to happen oh, it's anymore. Not, it's not sometimes, Dad. It is all the yeah, time. When true. you go into the airport at Bradley International – you are never going to walk through there, especially towards the end of the Delta Terminal. There's that one shop that always sells Whaler gear. Most of the vintage prints, Hartford Prints, one of my favorite shops downtown, always sells branded Whaler gear. If you go to a concert in the summer, Dave Matthews is the biggest thing Connecticut has to offer each and every <laughs> summer because the caucasity is just overwhelming. And you will hear every time a Bring Back the Whalers chant in the parking lot as people are walking into the arena. It is the per- Honestly, Dad, we need to keep the Whalers away from Connecticut. Connecticut because the personality has so become we have been jilted lovers for so long yeah. that now that's who we are relative to this hockey team so I'm going to enjoy seeing the uniforms back on the ice I never actually lived there when the team was in town but I can understand people feeling some type of way I yeah. just like seeing good uniforms out there I felt the same way when the Texans wore the Oilers stuff and I feel the same way now about the Whalers stuff here you can't get enough good colors and uniform combinations out onto the ice or field for me I am in support of this uh let's get to that dad We both love Wedding Crashers, the movie, obviously insanely popular. In real life, a little bit more difficult proposition, and sometimes the results may vary, and that's the case here for a woman in uh, Belden, Mississippi, as Sandra Lynn Henson, a 57-year-old, was arrested at the end of September at a wedding ceremony, excuse me, taking place in Mississippi. She was caught eating a piece of cake by the bride's sister, before she handed over $200 that she had stolen while family members threatened her. Authorities have now tied her to a string of thefts in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, all dating back to 2019. So, Dad, she's not trying to go and find a one-night stand at these weddings. She's trying to get them to come up off some of this money that people have been giving them as gifts. Yeah, she got nailed. The $200 she took at this one, she took it out of the purse of the wedding planner. So she's taken it out of purses in these other states where she's gotten arrested. She's taken it out of the cards uh, or the she stole presents as well. Uh, and she she when she got caught here in, on a notebook, she had a list of seven other weddings 
So, and when she got arrested here, she was pleading for them not to call the police. She said she apologized and she said, I've been going to church and door dashing and doing well lately. <laughs> Trying to say, I'm, 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 you know, I'm living well now. I'm doing better. Please don't. And then they found out that she was a serial wedding reception th thief. Uh, taking all things in these different states. So uh, she got nailed. They got her on video here doing it as well. Uh, so, hey, she's giving it a go. She see, Just like uh, in the movie, The Wedding Crashers, these guys, they're going to try and pick up women. She's going to try and get cash. So, you know, everybody has their reasons, huh? It's it's the perfect crime, especially she's a pretty nondescript looking older white woman at a wedding. Those are a dime a dozen. If it's a wedding with a decent sized number of people, you know this, Dad. As a visitor to a wedding, you're hardly ever going to know everyone. There's always some obscure relative yep. or a friend from a different side of the family that you're not acquainted with. And the bride and groom are so overwhelmed, they're usually never going to get to visit with everybody at the wedding as much as they try. There's so much going on that if you're just unassuming enough and keep to yourself, like the rules says in the wedding crashers draw attention to yourself but only in a positive light if you're going to do so it really is the perfect place to do crime imagine if she stole cards took the money out and then put the cards back so it wouldn't look like those oh. were missing and then she didn't get caught at that reception bride and groom were opening their cards later and go man uncle joe's cheap he didn't leave us any money Man, Aunt Mary didn't leave us a thing. What's going on? Why isn't anybody leaving us any money? <laughs> I would like the idea of this woman going and doing this and then giving the money away right after and purely doing it kind of like they talk about in uh, The Dark Knight. Some people just want to watch the world burn. She just wanted to sow seeds of discontent among family yeah. <laughs> members at these weddings on the happiest days of their life dad speaking of crimes let's get to the third we had the headline after colorado played at ucla about jewelry being stolen from the colorado football team's locker room thousands of dollars of jewelry uh taken from the locker rooms that now according to pasadena police detectives the initial report says that it's believed to be recruits that were there on a visit high school recruits that are the confirmed suspects tied to the theft dad I don't know how much has changed in recruiting between when I was coming up and now, but I'm pretty sure stealing from the current team is probably not a good way to ensure that your spot on the team is going to be ready. Yeah, I would say that uh, those recruits uh, will no longer be offered. And, and let me tell you, if this starts going through the circles of recruiting of what it could cost those players, it brings up the questions, how are they unsupervised or alone in the locker room uh, as well? I mean, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing to have happen, but... I mean, I, you guys went through trips way before I did. Were you ever left alone in a locker room during a game uh, where there wasn't security around? That, that seems awfully odd for them to kind of have the run of the locker room to steal stuff like that. Yeah, there's always wiggle room and middle ground in these places where stuff gets lost in translation. Kind of like we talked about with wedding. Game day is a busy environment, so another yeah, place. Yeah, true. made for crimes. But I would remind you. If you are a prospective recruit and you want to play college football, get your education paid for, potentially get some of this NIL money, I would recommend not stealing from the current players on the team. That's just free mm -hmm. advice, free game that we're trying to give you. If you enjoyed any of the free game we gave you today, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.